Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I'm looking at the figures here, by the way. Um, I'm looking at that in a total. The report shows that 5,266 applications for divorce were made in the High Court and the Circuit Court in 2020. Don't have figures for 2021 yet. I imagine it was probably more, but they may not have got around to them because, unfortunately, with COVID, the courts were closed quite a lot. That was compared, by the way, to 4,073 in the previous year. So it's a 30% increase year on year. And that doesn't include the legal separations. That's only applications for divorce. Remember, by the way, a lot of people who get legally separated don't actually get divorced because they might only want to get divorced if they want to get married again. So some people are legally separated. So that's probably tens of thousands of people. Uh, So people do get separated legally and divorced on a regular basis. And Mel Murphy is the owner of Separation and Divorce Coaching Ireland and co-owner of the Divorce Coaching Academy. She's a professional speaker, number one best-selling author and has 24 years of professional coaching and experience and she enables professional men and women to build resilience through their own separation and divorce process. Divorce is the number one most stressful life-changing event for both adults and children will experience and uh, 2021, as I said, saw a 30% increase. So there is a summit on in Ireland, believe it or not. We haven't had one before. Uh, it's a divorce summit and it'll be happening in Ireland. Don't give me a bit more information about it. Is Mel Murphy uh, from Separation Divorce uh, Separation Divorce Coach. Good afternoon to you, Mel. Hello, Niall. How are you? Now, first of all, let's talk about the summit. When, when, so when is the summit on? It's on on Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 2nd of February. And I have it on. It's online. Okay. It's on at lunchtime from 12 till 2.30. Okay. Um, it's the first ever uh, Divorce in Ireland summit. So okay. So we can start talking about this Hush, hush topic, as I call it. Oh, I know, since 1996, since we legalized it in 1996, nobody mentions that until it happens to you. I know, and even if it happens to you, you try not to tell anyone. Man, <laughs> so, yes. But mind you, the courts insist that you don't talk about it anyways. So they, they, they to the in-camera system, unfortunately, you're not allowed, you're, well, you're not supposed to be talking to anybody about it anyway. But I mean, you do confide in, obviously, your best friends and uh, those that are close to you about how things are going. But, you know, I will be honest with you, because I've been through a divorce myself, Uh, It took five years from the moment the application went in, almost five years. And it is the most emotionally draining thing to ever happen in your life. It is horrendous. It is. People don't realize just how, because it's it's a very drawn out process, as you said. It will take three to five years sometimes. And it's a constant uh, emotional drain throughout that, that time. Um, and your whole life is turned upside down. It's like your whole life just explodes mm-hmm. and you have to try and put all the little pieces back together. Um, and if you have any children, support them emotionally as well. So mm-hmm. it's a, a difficult process for sure. In relation to the process of divorce, is there another way we can do it? Because it doesn't seem to work very well for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. would say to me, I'm going in here for a divorce. So you, you end up making your application, you go for your case progression, and then you go into before the judge then for the divorce. That sounds easy enough, but it doesn't quite happen like that because you have people not turning up and all sorts of things. And you could end mm-hmm. up in three or four case progressions because people aren't bringing documents with them. And it's just a bit of a mess, right? So, yeah. I mean, is there another way around this? I mean, could we do this to, could we manage divorce in a better way, in a more civil yeah. way? than the way it is at the moment because unfortunately most are uh, you know they're acrimonious most most couples tend not to agree particularly if there's a house involved and there's a few quid yeah and and you will find that you know couples can get to about 80% sometimes agreement on most things but when it comes to the house and children like the finances those tend to be the two two biggest issues but the the courts do um, 
recommend and, and you would be pushed by a lot of lawyers to try and do a mediation, they do mediation, at least 10 sessions of mediation. Um, so you can, you know, apply for free mediation as a bit of a waiting list or, or go and get a mediator to try and agree uh, most of it. Uh, although no, might, although yeah. it's not legally binding, that's the problem with mediation. Not, isn't it? not yet. No, you can get a, a mediated agreement and then have a lawyer bring it in to become a, a separation agreement so that that does become legally binding. And mm. that's probably like um, an easier approach. Yeah. If there's, um, you know, course of control abuse, you find that's going to be more difficult. So uh, you can go the next level up is a collaborative uh, divorce. So you get each of you would get your own lawyer, a collaborative lawyer, and you would meet together and hash it out. Uh, so you'd have like mediation and law together. Uh, so it comes up with, again, a separation agreement, a legally binding. And I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just going to say, so um, it's best to talk to, to the, mm. the lawyers about this part. But that's another way to avoid the more contentious um, courtroom court. drama. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how many, What do you know what percentage, by the way, of divorce end up in the courtroom drama and what percentage are mediated before they get to court? Um, most of them would end up in a courtroom drama. And what's interesting, though, is when you're in the courts, you know, they're they're basically doing that collaborative divorce piece in the court. Anyway, yes, of course. Anyway, because because most room. of it's by consent either way, isn't it? Yeah, so you'll be in your own little room, so hopefully if you get a room. Sometimes you're not, you're just out in the middle of the hallway with everyone else. Yeah. And your lawyers are running in and out and between you, and you don't really know half the time what's going on. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and then they're popping in, suddenly you're dragged into a courtroom, or sometimes they'll go in without you, and uh, you're just sort of left there a little bit, unsure of what's going on, really. And, yeah, well, that's uh, what I did. Of, I mean, in my divorce, yeah. I, I obviously can't talk about the contents of the divorce because it's in camera, but all I know is I sat at the back of the courtroom where my, my barrister and, and solicitor were sitting in front of me, obviously at the desk facing the judge, and I was in a little chair on my own at the back of the courtroom and I was hardly opening my mouth. I, I'll speak when you're spoken to. Uh, but but uh, the hardest part about that is you're trying to bite your lip because things are being said about you a yeah. lot of the time which are untrue uh, and things yeah. are being said about you and you're sitting there going I want to say something can I please say something can I yeah, defend all myself your dirty, all, your dirty, all your dirty laundry is aired there in the court yeah. and it gets very nasty but what happens then is you're under fierce pressure because the you know, the, the, the judge wants to close this out if possible and so you have to make decisions there and then and you'll be put under a lot of pressure to agree to things so it's really if you can try and get things sorted out before you go in as much as possible um, you're less likely to make a mistake and agree with something you're under pressure for. Okay, divorce is obviously more difficult when you've got younger children. Uh, older yeah. children makes it a lot easier for a judge to make a decision, but younger children obviously need to be, and they always say, lawyers will say the money follows the children. Uh, and that's unfortunately the way it always has to be. Uh, but in relation to family law in Ireland specifically, do you think the family law system is a good system? Because it has been criticised over the years as being very pro-women. Um, and men mm-hmm. believe they get a bad deal when it comes to access, maintenance, orders, etc., etc., etc. Do you believe it's yeah. a it's a pro women system, or or do you think it's a fair system? In your experience, um, well, I think a lot of the legal system isn't really fair, right? Um, and I think you say the same about any country. But uh, there's a lot of changes that need to happen in the system. What what I think the system's trying to do is put the the children at the centre of mm. uh, all the decisions, and that is what we, our approach as well in coaching is what's best for the children here. Um, and that, that can be difficult at the time and it can be unfair for either parent. Um, but I guess the most important is that the children have a home um, that they can grow up in and as much stability and as little change as possible. So that might mean that one or the other parent is uh, feels you know that it wasn't fair for them. Um, but it isn't. Uh, it's very hard to feel 
fairness. Yeah, but somebody gets chucked out of the family home, don't they, usually? You know, that's just the way it is. And a a relation to the psychological effect, because as I said, in this country, we seem to have made a mess of it. You know, I mean, I know people in situations where they've gone and they brought in the case progression going back about five years ago, six years ago, to try and make it easier. In other words, that everybody would walk into the courtroom on the day, would have all their paperwork, would have everything ready to make the, the, to streamline the process. But unfortunately, it seems to have complicated the process even more when you've got situations where there's three and four case progressions before a divorce is actually given. So do you yeah. think that the emotional uh, stress and the psychological effect of that on people, how do people deal with that? Because I've been there and it would drain you. It would actually, you know, how many times yeah. I broke down in tears, I can't remember. It would actually yeah. drain you. Yeah, and that's, that's a natural part of the cycle. The, the divorce is like the grief cycle of um, losing a very close family uh, like member or parent. Um, so you go through the denial, the anger, the bargaining to try and repair the relationship, the depression before you finally accept it. And that's totally normal to go through that. Um, so like I would suggest anyone going through separation or divorce would, would get a counsellor to help in that part because there's only so much family and friends can do. Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a long drawn out process and even after divorce because we we support people you know before they're even going to go pre-divorce and they're thinking about it so we try to keep people in the relationship when they're planning it when they're going through it and afterwards because a lot of people will suffer what's called post-traumatic stress after when all the emotions and the stress kind of come tumbling down on them they've been kind of keeping it all in just to survive the divorce process and then they fall apart afterwards mm-hmm. so there's a lot of self-care and that's why we have like a, a well-being and mental health expert on the um, summit as well to talk about that. Okay, so um, who are the experts that will be on the summit to give people an idea of you know, yeah, what they so can expect? We're covering expect. all the, the main areas. So I have a, um, a legal bar- family law barrister coming on to, to talk about key areas. Okay. Um, I have a co-parenting and blended families expert coming on to talk about you know, because co-parenting effectively. parental alienation is a big problem, of course, after divorce and separation as well. Exactly. Yeah. And how do you parallel parent even if you can't co-parent? Yeah. How can you kind of, what are certain things you can agree on even if you don't agree and how long the kids stay on, on uh, their devices or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I have a financial planner who helps people going through divorce to financially plan, you know, even the maintenance that they might need or might, might be able to afford. This can be a big stumbling block for people. So, for example, if a guy you know, gets, obviously, if the, the wife keeps the home, the guy has to go out, he still has to pay a, a, por- a portion of something towards, you know, the mortgage, he still has to make yeah. pay maintenance, and then he has to go and find somewhere to live himself. So, t- yeah. t- to manage that financially can be very difficult because you're paying essentially for two lives then. I'd say the housing piece is a huge issue, and uh, obviously housing is a massive problem in Ireland anyway, and um, you know, just finding a place, to live. and so many people will stay in the same home, even if they're very unhappily married or in a, or unhappily in their relationship because they, they don't know where to go in terms of housing, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I have uh, someone who, who talks about equity in the house when you're older, a lady talking about menopause, the impact of menopause and gray divorce, so people yeah. divorcing later, which is the, the biggest growth area actually of divorce, is people divorcing later in life, um, empty nest. Uh, I yeah. have people who've gone through it themselves and come out the other side, their survival stories, and uh, well-being and, and, and uh, mental health expert as well. So. And why do you think divorce, by the way, is becoming more common in Ireland? Uh, well, it's going it's, up it's, every year. The figures just are rising every single year. So why do you think people are... I mean, there was a time in Ireland where people stayed together for life, I suppose, and there was an old way, an old way of thinking things, and, <laughs> but yeah. now it seems we're going down a different road altogether. 
Well, uh, obviously the last two years have exacerbated it, and that's a, there's a number of reasons around that. That's kind of your reptilian brain having the yeah. uh, fight-or-flight response, and then that affected people's personalities and the way they dealt with the, the, the situation over the last two years. Uh, people where there were cracks in the relationship and having to stare at each other <laughs> across the table for uh, the last two years kind of brought that to the surface. Um, and probably also... You know, um, so a lot of the divorces, a higher percentage of women looking to divorce. So I think it's women kind of taking more power onto themselves. Um, and also as they, later in life, they look at what do I want for my life, not just for the family, but what do I want to achieve during this life? I'm looking at some um, of the questions, by the way, coming in here. I don't know whether they believe mm-hmm. you're an expert in every field of divorce, but somebody says, uh, how can you speak to the children about divorce? And I, I, I understand what they're trying to say it, but I suppose it depends on what happened in the relationship too. Sometimes, you know, one person will cheat on the other and, you know, and then you know the, the children will take sides and all this kind of thing mm-hmm. happens. And it can be difficult sometimes to speak to children, particularly if they're younger children. Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing really is to try and stay as equitable as possible for both. Like, don't blame the other parent because in the end, the children want to love both parents and be loved by both parents. And if you um, put the other parent down, it can come back to haunt you later you know they're not you're not gonna get the respect from the child for that um at the same time if there's certain things that the parent has done that are very bad at a certain age you can start to give a bit of explanation around it so it just depends on the age group yeah um, and when the child is mature enough they'll obviously start yeah. to realize well whose fault they'll it actually to see was for themselves yeah, yeah. Uh, in other words somebody else says uh, what happens if one party refuses to divorce which is, is that how common is that that you know say you know a wife will go for a divorce make application for a divorce and the yeah. husband just doesn't entertain it and, and just wants nothing to do with it. And it's actually very common um, that they'll be in denial. You know, they're, they're comfortable where they are. They don't want change. They don't, certainly don't want the financial impact. Um, they don't want the impact on the housing. And they can drag their feet and not bring the right paperwork, as you mentioned, and make it very, very difficult. And so they can go on for years. Yeah. yeah. And, and is there a point that can get to? you know, where somebody drags their heels, as you said, or doesn't turn up in court a few times. Because the courts in this country, because I've seen it happen, the courts don't tend to arrest people if they don't turn up. Um, they don't, if they don't bring their paperwork with them on two or three occasions, the worst they're going to get is a fine. If they're on free legal age, they'll probably pay that anyway. So, yeah. but is there a point that it comes to in the legal system where the judge will say, well, I'm going to grant the divorce to the person anyway? If you're not going to turn up, if the person's not going to turn up, because you're going to grant it anyway. Yeah, it's a point I'm, it gets I'm not the legal expert, but there is, you know, there are ways and means, and if you have the right um, experienced person, they can they can push it yeah. harder for you. Yeah. And, and, and divorce, I mean, is divorce necessary? Some people just kind of get a legal separation, uh, just yeah. for people who don't know the difference. The difference is, of course, is that with a divorce, you can get married again. With a legal separation, you can't. But yeah. I mean, but is there any other, you know, advantage to being divorced, you know, apart yeah. from the, the fact you can get married again? Um, not, not, well, if, if you're separated, you can still get, let's say, widow's pension, for example. Mm-hmm. So, whereas if you're divorced, you can't get that. Um, there are, if you separate and then you decide to divorce later, there's all the kind of, uh, financial pieces you have to put into place. There's a bit more complexity between when you separate and when you're divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if another person gets involved in, in your ex's life, it can complicate matters. You know, it just depends if, if you, there can be benefits of separating while you're more amicable. Yeah. Um, to just get it over and done without having someone else come in and interfere later. Um, would you advi- so Would you advise people to get divorced rather than just be legally separated? 
Uh, I think I can't really advise anyone until every person's different, their situation's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally decided, you know, we had to be at the time separated four years before we could divorce. Yeah. And I felt it was um, better just to get it over and done with at the time, yeah. just because everything that you discuss during the separation can come back to be reviewed again during the divorce. Divorce, yeah. And I just thought, especially when it came to properties, et cetera. So we did a judicial separation. Um, so that kind of was like a divorce anyway. And then we did a DIY divorce afterwards. So yeah, of course. The, the divorce yeah. itself, you can do that online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. It's the judicial separation, which that's a really difficult word. To get. Judicial separation is, um, is the hard part. Yeah, what we would say is, is during the divorce, it was very emotional. Uh, once we had gotten through that and you, you come out the other side and you, you deal with the changes, you can sometimes come back and talk a bit more amicably later. So, yeah. yeah. And, and in relation to uh, divorce in Ireland, do we need to change the law? Ireland is one of the very few countries where divorce is not final. Um, mm-hmm. And, there, you know, matrimonial agreements, for example, in the UK or, even you know, divorce in the UK is final. There is no second bite of the cherry. In right. other words, if one party, say, for example, suddenly becomes successful after divorce and, you know, gets a lot of money, mm-hmm. the ex-wife, even though you're divorced from her or the ex-husband or whatever it happens to be, can come after you for, for an extra little bit. So mm-hmm. is it time to change that to make it more final? Um, you know, there are pros and cons for it. And I think that would be a good debate because, as um, you know, as children grow up, there's different uh, requirements financially. Um and then and also different access needs. So I think it's mostly the finances and the access are the two things that can that can still go back to court on. Uh, but is so, it fair? Is it fair that, say, you know, you have a divorce and then, let's say, four years later, down the road, your you, new life, you're getting on with yeah. your life, you're both getting on with your lives, your partner's met somebody, whatever you've met somebody, you're all getting on with, and you happen to win the lottery. <laughs> and... <laughs> Your ex-wife finds out, even though you're divorced from her, she finds out you've won the lottery. Yeah. And she takes you to court because she wants a percentage of it. And yeah, Irish yeah. law will will actually entertain that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. There's, there's certain elements there that are definitely... It would be nice to have it over and done with and not think that you have to go back to courts for, for elements because no one likes being in a court. And especially if you've never been in a courtroom beforehand, it can be terrifying. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I know what it's like. <laughs> but look, so if people want to uh, watch all these guests and view them online and that you're going to have the speakers at the summit, uh, what's the best way to go about it, Mel? Uh, you can find it on Eventbrite if you look under uh, Divorce Summit Ireland, uh, okay. Divorce in Ireland Summit, or you can look at on my on my website, uh, uh, Divorce Coaching Ireland. And I'll tell you what, for anybody who follows me on Twitter and on Facebook, if you go on there, we're going to put a link up to it there, to the Eventbrite. Uh, yeah, there, and so. just... So people know that it, the the uh, proceeds are going to charity. So Women's Aid, Men's Aid, and Barnardo's. The fifty percent is going to charities to support. Okay. Them. Oh, well, that's a good yeah. cause anyway. Look, it, it should certainly should be an education for a lot of people who are planning it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it's in the back of your mind. I want to divorce, yeah. but you just haven't said that yet. Maybe yeah. if you go to the summit there and have a look at the summit, it might give you an indication of what's ahead of you. I suppose as well. Yeah, and we're also doing a retreat as well for people um, who are or going through a divorce or being through it who wants uh, some support uh, at the end of February. So they can okay. find out more about that on there too. But listen, thank you very much indeed and I appreciate thank you, you coming on Thank you for your time, Mel. There yeah, you go. Mel Murphy, right. Separation and Divorce Coach. For anybody who might be thinking about divorce, there's a summit there that you can go on. Let me just tell you, it's a minefield. If you don't have to do it, don't do it. If you don't have to do it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to think. Like, if you get on well with your ex and you don't have to get divorced, 
and you've no plans of ever getting married again and you get on quite well, there's no point in getting a divorce. Believe me, it's a mess. It's just, Irish family law is just a mess. If you don't get on with her and something seriously happened, yeah, d- divorce her or divorce him, whatever. Then, then do it. It's, it's the right thing to do. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.